Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, everyone. Today we have Santiago, the director of NTT, NTT Data. Um, he's based out in Chile, and he's the head of Conversation AI, and otherwise known as Eva, as the product. Um, we've got Santiago on today to have a chat and discuss um, what they're working on with AI and conversational AI, and just understanding ChatGPT and what's possible in business space, since they've put some considerable effort behind it, and it looks like they've got some cool stuff happening. Welcome aboard, Santiago. Nice to talk with you, Anthony. It's a great pleasure to be here in the, your program and your podcast. Thank you for oh, inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at NTT Data, and then we can take it from there. Great. I'm passionate about, about technology and how can, technology can help people to improve their lives. And uh, that's why I'm working in one of the leader uh, IT consultancy companies in the world that is entity data. And my role is focusing the how can we use the artificial intelligence to improve the communication between a brand and their customers. Um, for several years, we are helping many different brands and companies to improve their customer services and, and other internal processes thanks to the artificial intelligence. Now, on those some of the services you were providing earlier, um, was that more machine learning driven or was it prior to ChatGPT, I'm assuming? So there was a bit more, a lot more effort involved probably in deploying a solution, I would imagine. Yes, we, we use all the technologies uh, available in, in, in any moment. Uh, for several years, we were, we were, we are used uh, intensively the uh, the natural language processing that is based in language models that uses machine learning behind, and also those models uses uh, transformers uh, like models like Bird, Roberta, and other models. And once the large language models uh, came into the play, we started using like uh, GPT-3 uh, three years ago. And uh, for sure, uh, the ChatGPT launched in December that surprised all of us. It's, it's, it was a great news for everybody because it opened a new way to, uh, to make better communications between a brand um, or a company or an, an organization and their users and or their clients and customers. So we've, you mentioned earlier that like it's focusing really on customer service and how to improve communications between the brand and their customers or their stakeholders effectively. Um, what sort of ways were you introducing AI into that channel, in the customer service channel? It's a more like support chat agents or how, how have you've been deploying this and what sort of benefits have the businesses had? Well, uh, we're using uh, different ways, the most visual and the, the better, the most simple to explain is the automation of the communications through channels like uh, instant message apps, like WhatsApp, Instagram, uh, social uh, network, and, or Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Also, it chats embedded in, in websites or in, embedded in mobile apps. And we additionally automate the phone calls in the call centers that are, uh, everybody has suffered in some way how bad can be to interact with a 
all the contact center where you have to press button several times until you finally uh, catch some agent that can attend you. This is a, it's very, uh, probably everybody has a bad experience with a bank or a telecom company or, or a, with an airline. And this is the, this is the focus for us to help those brands to improve. And this is good for the final users and clients. And also it's good for the companies like they, okay. they can interact better with their users. So you may be behind the change or the software that's tell me what yes. your problem is and you, you say it and then they then try and find the right agent or department to work with and pass that query on. And the good news here is that thanks to technologies like uh, ChatGPT and other language models, the the quality and and the experience it's increasing more and more and more. And the dream to have um, perfect uh, customer service is more close now. Of course, behind there are a lot of complexity because it's not so simple to. Uh, provide this kind of experience, uh, but uh, the, this is a, a new step no? in the in the good direction. And yeah. we probably you asked me in the question also how we are using no, the generative AI and the ChatGPT models in in the business today mm -hmm. because uh, everybody or any it's it's possible that you have interacted with ChatGPT and you discover that. Sometimes the answers are not accurate, or yep. we we can find hallucinations. No, that when sometimes it invent things, and uh, this is a big concern. No, for a brand. No, uh, can I open a door to my customers and uh, lose the control when I generate answers? And the good news is that there are uh, different mechanisms to uh, control and reduce the risk to have a bad uh, answer or a not appropriated answer. And now we are capable to provide accuracies near 100% that six months ago was almost impossible because the previous technology was not so good that this new technology. Yeah. Is, what are some, uh, I've been looking at it at a technical level on and what's possible. So from my understanding is there's two methods to improve the the accuracy of the models. You can take a base model like ChatGPT or the Azure one or one of the open source models and you can create embeddings. So for everyone listening, embeddings are taking a document or a source text, breaking it up into little chunks of information and then storing that in a database with a mathematical representation of that text and how similar, similar it is to text surrounding it. And yes. then there's fine tuning, which is when I say, <coughs> excuse me, when I say X, I want you to respond with Y. So you're teaching it on how to educate. Are they the two ways that a business can improve that hallucinations and inaccuracies or are there other things? Well, say uh, there are other, other techniques, but uh, of course, uh, embeddings, fine tuning, and also prom engineer are three uh, very important tools that we definitely uh, we use. And uh, I, I will start with the prompt engineering. Generate the right prompt is not so easy, not so simple. And one of the things we discover is that if you try to uh, request 
so much complexity or so many different tasks to the model with a single prompt, it's possible that the result is not so good. Then one of the things we have learned is to split the problem in pieces and use different prompts for different purposes. Um, another technique, as you mentioned, is the use of uh, embeddings. The embeddings allows you to uh, feed the model with much more information because you can generate those vectors with the documents or uh, a lot of information in, in, in a, smaller, a smaller size and uh, it helps to have better answers. Now, for example, I, I will provide a, a specific uh, example. Now, we, we are working with a beauty company, with a, a cosmetic and, and, and beauty brand, very, mm -hmm. very popular. Uh, well, it's, it's public. You, you can see on our web website, we are working with L'Oreal, and they have a lot of products. And the, we, we use those embeddings to teach the model uh, the different products we have and how we can interact with them. And thanks to this approach, uh, we can generate very accurate uh, recommendations for the final users. And it's impressive because we don't have to uh, imagine all the possible scenarios because the model is so advanced that can adjust the answer depending on the situation. I will provide you an example, no? a yep. clear okay. example. Imagine that you have something in your face and you have an interview, a job interview next day, and you are wondering how can I solve this problem? You can make this exact question to our solution and it's capable to generate an answer giving you step-by-step step what you have to do and explaining the products you will need and recommending the L'Oreal products and not other products. And this yep. is incredible because this changes completely the way we buy things. Instead of think in the product, we can think in the problem. Imagine yep. that you need to, uh, well, something that we have to do every week to buy products for your to uh, for your kitchen not to food not for for food and now you think um, okay I need uh, spaghetti and also I need tomato and, but instead of this approach we are now uh, working with brands that they are moving in another direction that is okay we are I have a, this weekend I will have a meal with 10 people and I will prepare a paella, Spanish paella, yep. and please give me the ingredients that I need and prepare the, and I, and we can generate the shopping car in, mm -hmm. in only two interactions. And then later yep. the, the user can tell the model, okay, please remove this because I have a rice at my house. I don't need it. Or please, uh, I, I also needed uh, some dessert included, and this is a different way to interact with the yeah. with a supermarket, no? For example, mm -hmm. and uh, there are a lot of examples that how can we change the way we communicate uh, with brands? Um, yeah. So, 
to give a little bit more um probably context for some of the listeners on that example with l'oreal where you say i have an issue on my skin how can i solve it and it gives recommendations is the data that was used in the embeddings was that the product a description on the product um ingredients purpose what it solves and then all of that comes together there are some secrets that I, I can tell you that uh, okay. we use uh, so one of the keys to use uh, the products uh, in the embeddings, uh, but there are additional uh, helps. Okay. That uh, additional. Yeah, because I think a lot of businesses don't know how or what's possible. So if they, <laughs> okay, so the, that's one thing, but then there's other source, secret source on top of that connects things together and makes it all work all right completely understand yes because there are many so one of the things that i recommend if someone want to try this is to before go to production it's very important to try and try and try and find the holes no and the there is something and there is a new um the a new job that mm-hmm. is from hacking that is very important okay. now in any organization because those models are so extended and, and are prepared to answer everything. And then uh, to uh, to be safe, when you go to production, you need to make a lot of tests before um, with bad intention because uh, for sure okay. outside you'll find people with not good intentions when you interact with your system. But, yeah, yeah, that uh, makes sense. But because uh, yeah, it's hmm. anything, you can say anything. So you have to probably guide it and understand your prompt correctly to try and restrict what it's capable of talking about. Hmm. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And you said um, earlier, so when ChatGPT came out in December, that actually surprised you. Hmm. Was that known that something like that was happening, or is it more surprising that it's so advanced and the way you can interact with it in a chat way has changed how you sort of approach what a business hmm. can do with this in this space? So uh, we were uh, dealing and, and, and testing GPT-3. I, I recognize that for me, uh, GPT-3 was a big surprise in May 2020. But uh, at the same time, when we tried to apply to the industry, we discovered a lot of uh, problems with the first version of GPT-3 because they had a very erratic behavior and they give answers very nah, not adequate, not at good answers. And uh, when uh, ChatGPT was released, uh, yes, I was quite surprised uh, with the level uh, that the system arrives. And I was even more surprised when, when I go deep in the understanding of how those models were built. Because uh, when I'm probably, uh, Anthony, Maybe you, you know, probably you know how was this model uh, created oh, or... A, a little bit, not too much. But uh, I'm probably, I will say something that is not 100% uh, perfect, but I will try to to mm-hmm. to simplify and, and to express the, the process. No? That is for sure is much more complex. No? But uh, to simplify, the, it seems that uh, the OpenAI team, they took... 74 terabytes of data, text data, open data that is available on the network or uh, books, uh, scientific uh, papers, 
or conversations in Twitter, things like that. It was and Reddit they, and Wikipedia yes. and things like that as well. Wikipedia and many, many different sources in order to uh, make uh, some balance in the training. Then they reduce and they post-process those amount, those 74 terabytes of text. They reduce until less than a terabyte because at the end there are, in, if you analyze the humanity text, there are many things that are duplicated or things like And with this less than a, a terabyte, they combine with a transformer that is, a, it came from a paper written by a, the Google engineers, all, all you need is attention. It's a paper published, I think in 2017 or 2018. And uh, the good thing here is that they discover a method to uh, to reach the self-training or the training non-supervised. Because one of the big problems of the machine learning was that you need someone ex correcting the system that, for example, if you are training uh, uh, something to recognize image and you say an A, A, B, B, there yeah. is a You're validating person. the output. You need a someone in the loop, a person in the loop that yep. uh, consume time and slow the process. But the, the technique they use is very simple. They take a sentence, uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, "I was a dream." No, everybody. If you if uh, if I say this sentence, probably you are imagining the next word, no? Because you hear this uh, uh, sentence many times, not from Martin Luther King, no. Uh, I was a dream. Okay. They teach uh, the system with a sentence from those terabytes. They remove one of the, the last word. And this is an automatic process because a machine can do this to remove one word, pass through the model, and then verify if the answer is correct or not. And adjust the parameters to reach the learning, not to uh, yep. generate the learning. And the, the incredible thing is that only doing this to uh, trying to uh, predict the next war, a lot of mm, capabilities emerge. And this yep. is like magic because uh, for probably if you ask uh, 10 people in the street and you ask them how ChatGPT was created, it's possible that half 50 percent or even more they probably believe that there are super engineers writing code to ex no it's not like that i would say 90 like percent of people probably think that or it's magic yes probably it's possible <laughs> so, but uh, no engineers any engineers have decided or programmed that uh, chat gpt well the model behind chat gpt that that is gpt4 or GPT 3.5, uh, mm -hmm. uh, how to translate English to French. And this capability emerged uh, emerge when you reach and you increase the number of parameters and you use the uh, enough amount of data, of balanced data and data, data with good quality, you have those results. And this is impressive because and it's a little bit scary at the same time because 
spontaneously a lot of uh, capabilities like arithmetic capability to summarize to uh, understand the grammar uh, or uh, follow the context of a conversation or translate those capabilities emerge and the big question is that if those capabilities emerge are other capabilities that we didn't know that are also emerging this <laughs> is a little uh, bit um, no, scaring uh, question yeah. no? because so there may be more what functionality within ChatGPT that we haven't discovered yet potentially because we haven't it's asked the right question it's possible and it's possible that it reads capabilities superhuman capabilities that we didn't even know that exist and we didn't can we can detect capabilities. Mm -hmm. and this is only the beginning because uh ChatGPT is only the the peak of the iceberg there are a lot of models behind uh i don't know if probably you are aware but there are hundreds of models like large language models yeah and I've every day a couple every week new models this week uh open finance large language model was released uh two weeks ago facebook the meta engineers they released another model that is quite impressive because they mix not only text but also image but additionally video but additionally uh deep uh, maps and also uh, oh, okay. inertial maps and additionally temper uh, heat maps and all together and they created something new that is capable to uh, you can for example you, you can prompt an audio from a dog uh, and the result can be a video of a dog inside of a room because the sound uh, is uh, recorded okay, inside okay. a room and the system detects that and is understand that uh, the dog is a dog but inside a room oh, there wow. are crazy things no this is only the is beginning that open llama but is that that one or is it another model no it's image bind image bind from uh, meta okay. and also you have llama and there are many many models and i i say that the genius is out of the bottle um, because the system is public and many scientists know how to do that and the computing capability is uh, also available to anyone in the cloud and with some dollars or some well, thousands of dollars <laughs> you can, of thousands. but not so much the other day they oh, no. published yeah. a model that they was generated with two hundred thousand dollars that is okay it's a lot of money but yeah. yeah, there are many people that can uh, join two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, uh, yes, and it's uh, at the same time it's. Uh, so I, I'm divided not be, between the uh, emotion to see how fast is progressing everything, and how it's accelerating everything, and at the same time a little bit of worried about okay this can. Uh, go out of control uh, mm -hmm. and we need to to be cautious and and take I think uh, I, some measures no? I, I, sh I share that sentiment so yeah I'm very excited to see what's possible and where it can go like I said it's just predicting the next word it's nothing amazing when you say that 
but what that provides is all those different features that you discussed so that's amazing what it can do from writing code to writing a poem to writing content to summarizing and translating and doing all these things but then if you use just chat gpt as the main example they've got from what i've been reading online a lot of people reviewing output and marking things off as um against their terms like how people you have in facebook where they monitor images and content for hate speech and things like that so then that doesn't come out in the model but all these open source models there's no restriction Totally. everything's available so it just depends on who wants to use it i think it's going to be a the big problem will happen i believe will be when the elections happen in america probably for the next president and then all of the fake news that will be coming out with fake videos and fake audio fake posts everywhere See, you won't be able to keep up for me this is the most scary and the big risk that we face today and i think that everybody must be aware that we are now in a in a in our present it has changed and we can trust image we can trust uh, video we can trust audio and this is uh, this is hard because we depend a lot on the digital channels and the problem is that those digital channels that we depend on you can trust on them because any image you see can be fake. Any 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 audio can be a fake. And yep. when you receive a video from someone, now it's possible that it's hundred percent fake, and it's impossible for a human to detect that it's not real. And the problem with that is that without the information, a democracy is very complex. To have a real democracy, is almost impossible because if people is not if, if the people don't have the real information <laughs> yep. and what is happening in, in, for in real, uh, it's very complex. Yeah, the society be... is a great danger uh, regarding... Yeah. I think you'll be able to believe what you want to believe and find more of that information that reinforces it a lot easier. So you'll be in more of a bubble, more of an isolated bubble than before. And this radicalized people. And this is a big problem because... Mm, I think, yeah, like with all the fake content effectively, before Photoshop, everyone had to use Photoshop. But there was ways to detect when things weren't real in Photoshop because of your layering images and merging things together and there's artifacts. The new images, there's no artifacts because they're created from scratch with the, the modification. Yes, so pixel by another pixel. Level. It's, yeah, there's it's, another level of things that have to happen. Yes, and uh, I don't know. I think that the society has to think about this issue and... and, and and we need solutions. And I uh, dedicated a few time to uh, trying to find possible solutions, and it is not so easy. No, because oh, so... one, one option could be to okay, we will uh, uh, regulate it that all the real cameras will be generated some kind of uh, code or or track that uh, was impossible to hack. Well, mm -hmm. This is not, not, not possible. No, everything is possible. Yeah, it'll have to be quantum computing at some level to build something that can happen, but otherwise yeah. everything can be faked at that, until that point. But uh, and this can be a possible solution that you can verify if the image was really taken by a specific, uh, by a real camera and not altered. Okay, maybe we, we have to go in that direction. Uh, 
But I think it's not enough. It's I, I think the most important thing is that society and all individuals, everybody, um, assume that mm, we are vulnerable to yep. to be manipulated with images, videos, or audios. Yep, completely agree. So, if we leave the sort of the negative <laughs> and the potential bad side, yes. What so else go. are you sort of looking forward to? So, at Entity, I'm sure you've got a long roadmap, and you're thinking about what's possible. Without saying too much that you can't say, what else is there that, or what other applications for AI do you think that businesses could leverage and move forward with in the coming years? Or what sort of direction do you see it going in? Okay, uh, I think that we will uh, see how the companies become much more efficient because there are many, many processes that today take time and requires uh, a lot of process and will those will be accelerated. Uh, and this will be quite good for for the users, for the consumers, and also for the companies because they, they, they will be much more efficient. And the point here is that the companies that didn't take this wave, they will let behind and they will have problems in the near future. So it's quite important to um, uh, start uh, studying the all all the places in your organization where you, you you can benefit from this new technology, because at the same time there is an impact on the organization, but also a, a huge impact in our way to work. So any of us can change the way we work. Well, I, probably you already do, or you already yep. did. I, I already did. I use uh, those tools uh, in a, in the way I think is a good way to uh, make my job more efficient, uh, to accelerate mm -hmm. the way I uh, generate results and to give those results more quality. And it's possible. And there are many tools to um, from generate a PowerPoint, PowerPoint in a different way to generate text, uh, generate images, yep. generate videos, um, or generate ideas. No, it's also interesting. Um, then I think that uh, mm, the companies and also the job of the people will change quite fast in the next years. And this will uh, also create a uh, companies and people that uh, take the benefit of these technologies and they will succeed and people that uh, react or rejected those technologies and probably they will have more difficulties in the future because it's an incredible disadvantage to doesn't uh, embrace those uh, yeah. tools and technologies. It'll probably be similar to what the dot-com boom was. I was a bit young for that, but Everyone jumped on the internet. The ones that didn't died. The ones that had an idea and were overinflated and couldn't deliver anything died away. And then only the real ones that were left behind, like Amazon or whoever else was from that time, succeeded because they used it properly. I think it's going to be a similar thing. There'll be businesses that don't understand it and will like hide their head and ignore it. They'll get left behind. There'll be businesses that are just adding AI into their name to try and raise money and become a startup and part of another bubble a lot of those will end up folding as well 
then there'll be businesses who are leveraging it, like you said, for efficiencies. And they will either introduce, you can get more work done and make more money in the same time. Or maybe that's how the four-day work week can come through to everyone. Everyone's got a little bit more time because they can do the same work in less. There'll be different ways to sort of approach it. For example, I recommend companies with middle size or big size to start thinking about the possibility to gen create a new role that is the chief artificial intelligence officer dedicated to uh, uh, analyze, use, and warranty that the artificial intelligence is deployed everywhere in the organizations because you can change any job internally. Any process can be improved. Combining the text generation, image processing, image generation, video generation, it's almost everything is impacted. And, uh, I, and it's it's difficult to uh, see all the uh, possibilities. When we sit with a, with a client, uh, one of the things we like to do is to make uh, brainstormings and workshops with a uh, methodology, uh, advanced methodology to uh, try to identify the the good use cases and possible uh, ways to apply the technology and it's incredible each uh, workshop you discover new things because uh, only the people that is making a specific work can uh, uh, identify any people can identify new new use cases or new ways to take benefit of this yeah. technology and um, with <laughs> sorry <laughs> sort of that Somewhere. process there where you have workshops and you're understanding which process what the processes are and all the individual steps do you find that you need to be on top of almost everything that's happening in the space to understand which AI tool is the right one to use in that process or is it more just because you know what ChatGPT is capable of we could do part of this using that process rather than trying to find a tool well, yes, good question. Um, so trying to be uh, informed about everything is today, I think, is a battle impossible to win. It's <laughs> because everything yep. is happening so fast at the same time that, uh, yes, I think that, well, no, I don't know how is this. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know how yeah, no, that's the okay. best <laughs> concept, but. <laughs> Are you, how Dream. are you keeping up with, inform with the information? Then? I'll, ask, I'll ask it that way. For for, so for me, the uh, what I recommend is to find uh, good sources of information because there is a lot of noise also. And there are many people talking about this and there are people that uh, uh, they didn't go deep in the uh, in the bone of the of the science behind and okay you can lose time uh, if you listen to something that is not accurate and my recommendation is try to find the most accurate uh, inform source information mm -hmm. my i try to read papers that okay i understand that it's very complex sometimes for most people that it's, it's hard to read those papers uh, there are other sources that, that there are teams that are um, 
working and make, making very good improvements. For example, I strongly recommend to follow OpenAI, DeepMind, uh, um, that uh, uh, some things in, inside Meta also that are doing quite a good job. And uh, there are many teams. No? And and on the other side, there are a lot of uh, entrepreneurs or or and new startups that is much more complex to understand and follow them because uh, uh, it's not so easy no, to uh, to finding them and understanding the business model behind and the quality of the solution. It's not so simple. But of course, I, it's interesting to have an eye open and, and test my... So what I do is to... When I learn something or I hear one tool that is interesting for me, I test, I test, and if it works, I start using. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we did a similar thing with our podcast. So we've got um, uh, Adobe's Premiere's um, new edit. There's a new editing tool that's called Autopod, AI-driven. Mm -hmm. It can automatically edit the podcast for you. Wow. So it wow. cuts the gaps out. When you're speaking, you'll be brought forward. When I'm speaking, I'll be brought forward in video, and it does all wow. the multi-track editing. Wow. One-minute edit now on to get the idea and then we have to review it so there's still a process there until we find another tool that can review the podcast but Great. that's so, I follow the same thing it's find a tool test it if it works then use it and gain the benefit totally agree totally agree oh Santiago it's been a, a very good chat um plenty of information here for people who have been listening um if anyone wants to reach out to you or well I guess they can reach out to you on LinkedIn is there anywhere else or any other way for anyone to get in touch Yes, of course. Uh, I if uh, someone want to contact me, I'm in LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn is Santiago Santa Maria. Sorry, it's a bit, little bit long. Uh, and yes, I'm happy to uh, answer possible questions or help other people um, if I can. Okay, I and not a problem. We'll share the link out in when we put the episode out as well. Right, once thank again, you. thank you, Santiago. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Antonio. And uh, congratulations about your program. I'm, it's thank a, you. Quite good. <laughs>